I just get this beat. After this, like nine seconds over and over again, this is where we could do like the kind of Wednesday Adams, just like flailing our arms. You guys watched that yet? No, not yet. Oh, uh, you guys are missing out. That's a good TV show, anyways. What is up, everyone? We are live. It's Jammers in the Rough, Thursday, 6 p.m. We hope you all had an amazing holiday break, celebrating in your own ways, maybe gaining five to ten pounds. And my favorite thing about Thanksgiving break. Because all of the disc golf people tend to get in over that. Um, with that, we have our amazing co-host of Josh, the Immortal Winter. Immortal. Cody, the absolute worst, is continuing to be the worst and is playing hooky today, so fuck him. <laughs> but we have an amazing, amazing hot. guest in Corby, Way Miller. Did I say your last name right? You know, I got people in my family that say Way Miller, uh -huh. and even other people that say Why Miller. So, however you want to say it, man, it's a tricky ass name. So, well, how do you say it? I say Why Miller, it's like Why, you know, like Budweiser, Why Miller. You know, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's like a spiritual like debate. It's just like either you're a Why Miller or you're a Where Miller. But really, <laughs> we're just trying to figure out who we are in this Miller go. world. <laughs> some some soul searching. Yeah, right. we're, we're ready. <laughs> I can see that. Well, I was I was had a 50-50 chance of being right, and I was on the wrong side of the family, so I do apologize for that. But the it's most okay. important we, part we still accept you. Yeah. <laughs> most important part, we replaced Cody with Corby. Um if you guys oh, don't yeah. know who he is, he is one of our biggest fans, actually. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Long like, time, long time listener, first time caller. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Corby's been here since the beginning. He was actually one of the people that were like, you guys should do it. Or we should do a podcast or a podcast should happen. And we're like, hold up. We are working on it. You're just like two weeks ahead of schedule. And I'm just hacking your messages, finding out the, the, the scoops. Yeah. That, either that or said, there should be a podcast around here. And you're like, we're, we're already doing one, man. Chill out. <laughs> no exactly just inception us hopped into our dreams it was like move this disc golf move this fantasy with princess leia and boom podcast this is where it goes right in the middle <laughs> but we thought it'd be great to bring corby in because not only is he a fan and we're a little narcissistic where we love you know building our ego what we really enjoy is that corby is in alaska but not like mainstay juno alaska he's in rural alaska trying to do his best to not only grow the game there but also in a world where he's probably like probably one of maybe 10 people that play disc golf on this little island yeah um, he's figured out how to truly enjoy disc golf so we thought what better way we can talk about it because we know all of our like listeners aren't just in big like disc golf hubs sometimes there's rural and being able to connect is important so corby you want to talk a little bit about that yeah, I'd, I'd love to, Paige. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm a, I am uh, grew up in southeast Alaska. I live on a, a very remote island. It's uh, actually the third biggest island in the United States. Um, so I might hit you guys with some geography. I teach geography, so Cody's not here, so I get to be playing the teacher role tonight. <laughs> so that's fun. We'll see if we need to put in anybody in time out here. Uh, write up some detention slips for Paige. Right. Um, but IEP, yeah, so, or ICP in school, ISP. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll find the acronyms. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, but yeah, so I I live on an island. I uh I grew up here. I actually grew up on a, a float house, which is a house that floats on logs, and uh, then moved into town. So extremely remote place. Um, but yeah, I love it here. I. Uh, I graduated high school from this island that I, I live on and then moved to Oregon where uh, you boys are from. Right. So I, yeah. uh, and, and kind of a different state of Oregon. I lived in Eastern Oregon. So La Grande area. Okay. Um, almost Idaho, but uh, <laughs> loved it there and uh, started doing all kinds of things that I didn't have a chance to do where I live. So, you know, whitewater rafting was something I never got to do. And I do a lot of that there and, uh, one of the things while I was attending school, this would have been like 2006, they put in a disc golf course at our college, which was pretty like, you know, new at the time. A lot of people didn't know about it. And, uh, you know, I had the kind of 
hung out with the kind of crowd that was into a lot of different things. So we, uh, yeah, we, we bought some discs, bought some starter packs and some real shitty discs that were lightweight and <laughs> flew like crap, but we didn't know. And, uh, yeah, went out there and started playing and it was a great little course, you know, and then we had some other buddies that bought portable baskets and set up, you know, these pop-up courses over by, you know, uh, horse stables and you know it's all farmland around eastern oregon so it's that yeah. kind of stuff and uh yeah i just always had a blast with it and then graduated got my degree in teaching and moved back home and there's there's no disc golf you know and i it was a, a part of my life that i really loved and then uh so i was like how do i how do i bring this to my people that are here you know because it's something you can do year round we have pretty temperate weather that's like seattle you know, it's really rainy here. We get like over a hundred inches of rain, but it's, uh, you know, it's pretty mild really, as far as the weather goes that you could be out throughout the year. So it'd be something great. So I actually got a project going with some students at the high school I was working with as a capstone. And we created our very first course here on the Island. Um, you know, went out, bought a practice basket or a, you know, a portable basket and used all kinds of stuff that we created to, to make baskets and test holes and, you know, with the students. And it was a blast. We mapped it out on early Google Earth and uh, got the funding, put in a put in a permanent course. And uh, yeah. And so that's the one course we have, you know, on our island, which is we play every Sunday, you know, <laughs> and we got we got a small group of us to get together. You know, it's 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 hard trying to kind of grow it when you have such a small population and a uh, few people but yeah it's kind of a my my short disc golf story well, what's the population of that uh, we got about 2,000 people total on the island but we have like over 2,000 miles of road system all oh. over the place yeah it's a okay. big island it stretches far so the town that i live in is a little over a thousand it's the biggest town on the island um but part of the problem is you know, it's a recreational place where everybody's hunting and fishing and doing those kind of things. So you're like, hey, you want to go play this? Like, eh, I'm going out on the boat, you know, or oh, I'm going hunting today. So it's like, you know, if they have the option of go get a deer, go get some fish or go throw Frisbees, most people aren't too into that. So you got to find your kind of crowd and get people to try new things is tough sometimes. Yeah. So real quick, there's a lot to unpack there. But before we do that, there was a question that came in. Um, somebody was asking, is this a new show? First time visit? No. Oh. So no, this isn't a new show. We've been going on for about a year now. Um, I'm not sure if you're in the lounge or you're buying now page, but we've been going strong. We've had some amazing guests. We have a catalog that's on, uh, Spotify music. Uh, yeah, I, got, I got bumped. I got bumped for Scott Stokely last, yeah. last couple weeks ago. <laughs> we've been trying to have Corby come but in for three or four weeks now yeah. and keep bumping him. <laughs> <laughs> which is totally understandable like random dude on an island in alaska versus scott stokely like no very me, cool. Man. Very cool. yeah well scott stokely was already here so like right now you're more important see 100 yeah. <laughs> no. but in the present. first of all i didn't know you were in eastern oregon like yeah. one of my dream like uh safari holes would be from like the grade from like eastern oregon like lagrand to like you know uh pendleton like Umatilla area, that big downhill grade where oh, you yeah. pull off to that viewpoint, make it like a par five or something and throw down. Like that would be <laughs> like absolutely amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. so I wanted to give that little bit of shout out. But it's yeah, like yeah. I, I can see being on a small island, especially where it's like a lot of disc golf. Like I think a lot of people go to disc golf courses and they see the aftermath of all of the work and effort that was put in. And they're just like, okay, like, cool. Here I am enjoying these like clean fairways or whatever where i feel like something that was unique to my experience is when i went to hawaii there was a guy that was carving out a course on his private property and he'd invite people to play but he's he's literally like oh yeah i cleared out i spent like these last two weeks clearing out all of this bush so that now it's a little bit cleaner but it's like the full 18 holes he's it's still a work in progress because he's doing it by himself and i feel like you being on a small island with such a small amount it's like if you're gonna do it you have to do it yourself and figuring out where those locations are, the money involved in it, getting people signed on, potentially, you know, infringing on some, you know, hunting lands where people want to be, or, you know, like it becomes like such a like weird dynamic and pull like system that I couldn't even imagine 
Um, yeah, and just the geography of where we're at, it's just like such dense like vegetation. You know, it's not like forest down south. There's just like, you know, you can't throw three feet in front of you. So you really got to find places that are already cleared somewhat at least, you know, and, and having the obstacles and the space that's, that's available. Uh, yeah, it makes it really tough for sure. We're, we're working on creating our second course right now. It's, it's early in those stages, but we're, we have some, some land that's, that's amazing. Um, it actually weaves through a, a totem park uh, in a, a really amazing spot. Um, and uh, we actually went out and tested some of our holes uh, last weekend during a Thanksgiving break. So it was pretty special to just, yeah, put, put some of that into work and get to do the fun part where you get to, you know, line it out and see if it works and mm-hmm. trying all these new holes in the woods. I mean, our course is around a high school, so it's fairly open for most of it. Um, and there's lots of pavement, which kind of sucks, you know, as far as, uh, discs getting ripped up and, uh, but it makes for challenging OB, you know, you think of the, the, the parking lots and the roads going through is like big rivers that you got to try to dodge. So it's, a, uh, you know, we, we got a group of us that go out and play and, you know, getting par is, is still difficult, you know, even after playing that damn course, you know, hundreds of times. So that's always cool that you got at least something that's, a a challenging starter course, you know, yeah. for, uh, for us here. Was it 18 holes? Uh, yeah, uh, modified 18. We have like, uh, you know, it's just not the space for the 18, but we have portables that we set out to get some extra space in that we've, we've, we've worked it. And uh, we got uh, we got like reverse tee pads. So we do, you know, you do the whole course one direction and then you go all the oh, way yeah. back around. Yeah. Um, so we had to get creative and, uh, you know, working with what we got, but yeah, the, the crew we have is, is awesome. You know, they're, they're always down no matter the weather. Cause we get some, we had like hundred mile an hour winds the other day. We're like, should we go out and play? No, not today. No, but usually, you know, we're out there. We're, we're, we put on the rain gear and, and go for it. So it's cool to have, you know, a real committed group of people, even though it's small, you know, that's what yeah. you need is people that are going to come back to that text message and say, yeah, let's, let's fucking do it. You know, let's go out, let's play. Because uh, if you don't have that, you know, it's hard to get out there by yourself. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's cool. You got at least, you know, that's a, that's a good size group for the amount of population you have in that town. Um, yeah. What if you're doing things like portables? Like I get excited about that, especially on an island where there's like, and there's such a limited amount of players. Like one of my big things is like, oh, go to Milo and be like, I wish these holes could be combined. But you can't play that because usually there's groups and there's population. Like I could even imagine being like, you know what? Let's carry this basket. Let's go see how this imaginary hole over here would look like. Let's go play this because I know nobody's going to be there. We don't have disc golfers out here. So it's like, let's have our time and enjoy ourselves. Like that to me would be something like absolutely worth yeah. looking forward to. Well, exactly. I spent I spent the summer down south in uh, Boise uh, with my wife's parents and uh just the difference of like, you know, the freedom you have here every time you go to the course with nobody else, it's only who you invite, you know, yeah. there's never a group in front of you. You're <laughs> never waiting on a hole. You never have somebody snag your disc. Like if, if I go throw a disc off into the woods somewhere, like my buddy calls me, he's like, Hey, I found it. You know, it's like, you never, you never have to worry about that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was crazy going to like Ann Morrison is a huge, like one, one of the most popular parks, you know, uh in in the northwest i believe because you go there and like every time hole one there's five groups backed up and i was just like what the hell is this man i gotta i gotta wait to play disc golf like <laughs> you know, so it's definitely got its advantages but yeah it's it's uh it would be nice to have a little more too and a few more people playing getting a tournament going we're working on it you know yeah. of, uh, combining we have an island that's a four hour ferry ride or an hour plane ride away and they have a course over there, uh, Ketchikan, which is a, a much bigger place. So we're working with that disc golf group and trying to do like an island-to-island tournament. So we do one day over on our island. They come over, you know, they got their group. And then, you know, we plan out our course and then we go over to their island. And uh, yeah, it's a different world, man. But uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's a whole, it sounds like a different world when you're going like, hey, our island versus your island. Let's go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in four hours. Right, we'll be there in four hours. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be good. Right well, there is a question that came in actually, kind of a like for you, Corby. Um, okay. they say Corby is a fan of the short shorts and FPO, so he follows them fanatically. 
but oh, recent man. news recent news today is Pace Shoe left um latitude. That's huge news after what 10 years with them. Oh wow. And so they're wondering where do you think Pace Shoe is gonna end up? Also, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Grady Shoe is on Dismania, right? Because he was on Dismania, then he went over to Latitude in 2020. And then left left latitude. I don't think he has a sponsor. I could be wrong though. So I don't, I don't think he's on this mania anymore. Yeah, I thought he I thought he's he's left this mania. Um but that's not the quick question about it's not where is Grady Shoe gonna end up because obviously that's not what we care about when 2018 FPO world champion is now a free agent. This mm. is breaking news. So Corby nice. being such a huge FPO fan. I am, um, yeah. Let's we talk wanted to, yeah. What's your take on it? This is great. No, I, I didn't heard anything about that, and that's that is exciting. Um, yeah, I am. You know, I think yeah, this wasn't one thing that we we talked about. We might talk about, but uh, yeah, I I love FPO disc golf, um, and it's it's very unique because I'm a, I'm a huge NBA fan, and I love professional basketball. I'm a, a huge Bucks fan, lifelong. Uh, Milwaukee fan so we're, we're we're feeling good this season but uh, I've never been into the WNBA um, I've never followed the WNBA I could name only a couple WNBA players and I think disc golf is really unique in you know I uh, like I said I've been playing for probably 15 years now on and off very casually you know very like no real sanctioned tournament so I'm by no means a pro uh, but uh, I think uh Disc golf is unique in that, you know, you got you got people playing the same game um, on the same courses as you know male and female. Um, it's just it's really exciting to be able to watch, you know, the the female players playing on those same courses, uh, doing a lot of similar things. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 stoked to see the growth in both sides of. Of, of the field um, excited for players making some moves for sure. Uh, you know, we have a group of us that they get together and actually, you know, that's part of the reason why I enjoy NBA so much is we, we play, you know, we do drafts and we do like a fantasy league and it's been really cool having a group of us that get together and uh, do like drafts for, for different tournaments and kind of pick out your players. Who do you think is going to do well on this one? And I love our group because we always draft, you know, two MPO players, two FPO players, and you get to combine those. And uh, it's really been been fun seeing, you know, how competitive that field is. And, uh, yeah, so I have no idea where Pichu is going to end up. Um, <laughs> who knows, man? Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see. I, I don't expect a, a ton of moves after last year. You know, we had a lot of big names out there kind of switching it up. Um, but uh, yeah, who who knows where she's headed? No, I think getting, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go real quick. It's gotten better and better and better though. Every year, every month that passes, FPO is becoming so appealing to watch. Um, I mean, I if I miss MPO, I am less disappointed than if I miss FPO when I do live coverage. Um, it's just fun to watch them them play recently. Um, you know, Miss again and love watching her play. What Kristen's done, you know, Tatar, yeah. just kind of re you know, just, just, just the, the impressive season she had, the podiums, just the dominance um, and just getting a lot of people excited in the game. I think she's, she's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. And the, I love the FPOs on like early in the morning and you can like watch and get shit done after that, you know, and it, it, it's yeah it's nice just the timing for me my time zone too it's just like yeah it works good <laughs> no i definitely think fpo took off a lot this year especially when you started breaking up the cat page dominance and you're starting to see tatar come in there even like blomrose or you know hansen or whatever starting to break into those like podium finishes like that to me the more like competitors you have in a pool the exciting it is where it's just like, oh, anybody is now competing. And I think FPO really this last year 
took that step, which maybe is kind of that curiosity of like, you know, with Paige Shu, some of that speculation of being like, you know, like, why did they leave? Because I feel like, was it their choice or was it a mutual like decision to part ways? Because, you know, they became a mother, they got married, they had, you know, they weren't as competitive in the last like three years since they won the world title. Really, these last like two years, they haven't been as competitive because not necessarily not, not that their skill isn't there, but because they're not, you know, grinding, touring, they're raising a child. And I get yeah. that, you know, and I understand that, especially a newborn. Um, and so I wonder if it was just like, well, Paige wasn't necessarily selling them out of discs that maybe their salary was, you know, dictating. And there was that mutual parting of ways and needed to kind of like reevaluate the field. Or it could just be like something like them wanting to try to get more like they wanted to be like Tatar's the face of the team now. And they're wanting to be like, oh, I'm 2018 champion. Let me be a face. And that's where like, if that's the case, because I feel like all of these like subtleties of why it's going to be like where they land, because if they want to be a face, I think this mania is definitely something where they can come and be that face or like an MVP and they can be the face like of FPO. Not that Hokum isn't like a good face, but it's like, well, world champion and now like, you know, kind of rebuilding. So, like, if they're trying to be that face, I get that. If they're trying to reimmerse themselves back to be who they were and get back to, like, a competitive stance, I can see an Innova being a good landing spot because I think Innova doesn't really – I mean, they care about discs being sold, obviously, but if you're trying to just get back into the competitive and competition side of things, they're also supportive in regards to being like, okay, go and tour, and when you win – we'll get you a disc, but really like we're going to promote your 2018 world championship and that's going to sell discs. Like we don't need you to be like the heart and soul of this team because we have discs that are continuing to circulate. And I think yeah. when you look and at, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Right. One more, right. one more point. I got, I got lots of points. Uh, okay. This, this I'm, is the podcast. Page yeah. goes on rants and pages don't page don't stop his rants for nothing. So hold on Corby. My last yeah, point I'm going to make, Paige, that's why I'm such a big fan because I'm also a guy that just likes continually talking. So that's why I'm such a big fan of this podcast because right. I listen to you just go and go. And go. No, it's just like, well, it's because I'm like figuring out like while I'm talking, and so it's like I no, think Innova... you're talking, I'm ready to talk. Like I'm ready. Exactly. You got so many good ideas. But I think Innova gets a lot of hate for their MPO contracts, and I think that's you know justified, but. I don't think they get enough respect for what they do for Innova FPL players compared to other organizations. I feel like the depth that they have, have for it. Yeah, they just have so many players too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of it is they just like, you know, they're, they're, they're going all over the place. So yeah. yeah. Definitely. And so I can see those are my three landing spots, but I want to hear what you have to say now, Corey, Corby, I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for all these new up and coming companies, you know, and signing some bigger names. Uh, I, I, I love, uh, you know, what TSA has been doing, Mint Disc, uh, Wild. you know, they're, they're really growing, uh, their fan base and it'd be really great to see, you know, some bigger names signing with, uh, some of those groups. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Cause you know, you have, it's, it's hard because there's, there's certain companies out there that are really quiet about their contracts. Like how much are people getting paid? How, you know, and uh, it's, it's a, uh, it can be confusing sometimes as far as like, I, I like the people that are transparent and come out with like, here's, here's, here's what we're paying you. Here's, you know, here, here's how much this contract is. Um, you know, it's, it, it was nice to see. And I think that's kind of some cool about trilogy when they're, you know, here's the contract. Here's how much Ricky's making, you know, where Innova and some of the other groups there, there's like, who's, who's actually getting the money here and how much are they making? You know, and I get, I feel like we hear about people when they make money, like 10 year, 10 million, here's yeah. a 500,000 signing, here's this, but you don't hear about the everyday pro signing. And I think that's where, like, I get really curious about it. Cause what is a fair contract? Um, but based off what you just said, so this is going to be my off-kilter pick. So those are the three picks for Paige Shu that are probably, you know, intelligent, smart picks. But this is a speculative pick based on a smaller company. I think Clash Discs might pick mm -hmm. up Paige Shu. I think Clash Discs, yeah. like they're, they're Swedish or are they Finnish? They're, 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 they're overseas. Uh, they're might, Definitely yeah, they're, they might even be like Norwegian. They're one of those yeah. like three. 
But what where I've drawn this connection is Eric Oakley designed a disc with them. So they were they take a chance on a non-sponsored player to design a disc that is based on their needs. Eric Oakley also being big in the trilogy family, trilogy being over Sweden. Whoever owns Clash might have networked with Oakley, might network with Paige Shoe, and I can see Paige Shoe taking a very similar contract to like Katrina Allen in regards to like come here, smaller brand, but you're the face. Here's some money. Design a disc or two. Let's do this together with some of those relationships. So I could see that'd be my off kilter, you know, sleeper pick of Clash Discs and Paige Shoe. Heard it here first, guys. I'm gonna be <laughs> right because it just makes sense now. Uh, thanks, Corby, for that you know informative direction. But clash discs, it is. There you go. Yeah, I'll be interested to see you know if there's anybody uh, switching switching brands, switching companies here in this off season. Um, yeah, I was trying to think like who who what are some other big names that might be you know taken off and i can't i can't think of anybody really it seems like everybody's kind of settling in and and uh but there's always going to be somebody you know yeah but they also a lot of players are recently signing like four-year contracts five-year three-year right and so it might be a minute another year or two before we start seeing because those those longer contracts became a lot more common last year well i think the big names too ended up doubling down like heimberg he was like all right i'm gonna sign for another four or five years and mm-hmm. that was kind of like disappointment because i wanted to see him shop but you know nico being signed by lone star was interesting um yeah but also like i'm curious about like wild discs like are they gonna go for a bigger pro or like you know like a grady shoe level pro what does those start to look like or cole Radalin being he's i know he's sponsored by infinite but like that kind of level of pro are they going to be looked at like through these smaller companies and sponsorships? Cause I know clash needs to fill out a team. Now I know wild discs. I know Lone star. I know all of these smaller companies need to start to kind of build that team um, and see what it looks like. Because you have people like, I think dark ace discs, for example. So George was a guest on our podcast for those that are tuning in for the first time. Um, but I saw that he had 113 applications and he's only trying to accept 13. And if like dark ace is getting that much, I get curious about, some of these other companies in regards to like even like pros right like how many people are applying for that and they're trying to like separate themselves like otherwise so i don't know, i get curious about yeah so that because i think you know like a bradley williams i don't know what his contract's looking like but i think he put him himself in a situation where he should be negotiating a bigger contract a bigger role on team discraft and if he's not then where in the clause can he separate and maybe look for somebody that'd be willing to kind of take an investment in him because you know i think he's like due for another breakout season because he just had an amazing one um and i can see him following very similar to like joel freeman's path of being like oh yeah like i broke through i'm going to continue to push and then like be in the top top mix but and joel's consistent he's i don't, don't want to talk about joel i was just no, I'm, just, I'm gonna throw it out there. That's one thing I like about Joel is that that man is consistently up to the top. Yeah, like top ten. Who loves hovering? I think he had, he had a, a very great, great season. Yeah. yeah, if you're drafting Joel, you're feeling good because he was right? especially yeah. after like he, he draft. Like I feel like the year before, like he's been around, but he wasn't ever like that. He was kind of like the Marweed esque of being like, oh, hey, look, I'm here now. I'm kind of out. But last year, I think you're right. Joel is extremely consistent, and he's somebody that needs to build on that as well. Because yeah. if you look at Innova, like for MPO, he's starting to push like the top five MPO player in Innova, um, and might be top three at this point. Yeah, yeah and that's that's kind of what I was getting at earlier too. Is like you wonder about some of these guys that are on these, like on Innova, where you have multiple pros, you know. Um, looking at moving to where you can be the guy in your company, you know, you're the, you get your line of discs or making those kind of moves where you can look at a smaller company. Um, I just wonder, you know, how long some of those guys are going to hang on at Innova and, uh, you know, be second fiddle to Calvin or. Yeah. You look at Eric Oakley. Like Eric Oakley reinvented himself with infinite. He went to a smaller manufacturer and just, now all of a sudden he's a huge like not that he wasn't like a big content creator but he's a whole different level of content creation now and he has his own memes he has his own sayings he has people tuning in to see if it's good or not like he's connected like like that's just like what he could do with a smaller market that's not pressuring him oh you should win you need to be successful you need to go out there and sell this it's like 
oh no, come over here and be your authentic self. Like I had that conversation. One of a uh, one of my like birdie pro or birdie sponsored players reach out to me recently actually and they're like oh this is kind of one of my first sponsorships what do i expect and one of the things i told them it's like it's really what you want to make yourself to be because you have the support of the sponsor now that wants to help you grow that so like let's figure out like how you want to navigate do you want to be a competitive grinder only be seen based off of like what you're winning you know that's something or do you want to, like, for me, like, I dabble in some content creation. I'm doing some of my podcasts. And being able to rep Birdie kind of offers some of that validation. And they help me grow in that regard. So if I do a reel, I know they'll share the reel. Things like that, like, helps me grow and be seen. So it's like, you know, having those conversations of, like, what are you looking for as a sponsored player? And so I get curious about, like, the Joel Freeman. I get curious about, like, the Bradley Williams. And some of these players are, you know, even, like, smaller names that are out there that might be looking at mixing some things up to go to a smaller company and be that face. Like, cause I can see like, you know, not Grady shoe, but like, you know, Oh, Rick rookie of the year, Grady shoe. If clash was around a wild disc was around being like, let me live this mania and go here. And now all of a sudden I'm the face and we're doing some things. Yeah. I mean, plus a small company is you can join multiple. I mean, both exactly. Eric and Zoe are infinite and TSA. Hmm. Yeah. And they got them both. Very I well. think that's smart too. I mean, just you know, there's there's something attracting to somebody that's willing to throw a mixed bag and really tell me, you know, you got all these companies out here. What disc do you really like? You know, are you just mm -hmm. being paid and telling me that this is a good one? Or you know, I just feel like when you have somebody that has all these choices and they're they're pulling out the bird and you're going, eh, this guy's armadillo, honest. armadillo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's bird life. I love it. I hate the pig, but I like the armadillo. It's kind of weird. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm yet to try any Lone Star stuff, so I'm excited to I don't recommend it outside of the armadillo. You're you're in Alaska. You're very, very picky with what you bring there. That's made in Texas. You guys have that battle of well, who's really bigger? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to yeah, you don't want to give it to Lone Star. That battle is over long I mean, ago. Right? Yeah, I don't think it's a battle at all. Texas, yeah. Well, I mean, Texas act like Alaska doesn't exist when they're like, yeah. "We're the biggest." Uh, they're just yeah. like very picky, choosy. So you don't want to be like, you know, Ooh, there's, a, that. there's a good soapbox to hop on while we're all here at the bin page. Guess what, guys? When you ship a disc to Alaska, it doesn't cost any more than shipping a disc any other state. <laughs> I promise. So this 48 state shit, stop. <laughs> make it over okay yeah, yeah. continental us go ahead yeah you send me one disc it costs the exact same price sending yep. it you know corby with his agenda state. he's like i'm gonna get onto this podcast and be like hey motherfuckers <laughs> ship to me i'm tired of paying God the extra it. money well it's true though like state people there's, there's no difference you know? i think like, hawaii is the only difference right the u.s I don't know, I don't think hawaii is. for the postal service find out <laughs> I think Hawaii is just well. The big thing with Alaska, it's like it's slower, so I can see shipping there. People get like impatient and be like, "Where is it? Where is it? Why isn't it no, arrived?" For, for some bigger stuff, though, if you have to send it U UPS or yeah, UPS, it is really expensive. But yeah, uh, if you if you're sending me one disc from USPS, it's gonna be the same price. I promise. <laughs> I could I could show you the racks of discs I have. I promise they're all they all cost the same. <laughs> so depending on where you're at, I'm pretty sure it's cheaper for me on the West Coast to ship to Alaska than it is to ship to Maine. Oh yeah, it's definitely cheaper from like where we're at to ship to Alaska than Maine. Like East Coast, like I hate I hate shipping to like small East Coast like areas. Like like Tennessee would be like fuck, that's expensive, or you know something like weird like that off kilter like a Maine or Virginia. Then all of a sudden it's like, why is it so expensive? I'm gonna throw a Hawaii address in the shipping app. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's about the same too. Yeah, and maybe yeah. maybe it's yeah, it is. If you're already shipping to the West Coast, but from what I've seen, it's about the same. So, knock that stuff off. Knock it off. <laughs> Just ship to Alaska, <laughs> guys. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I know you do a side game of like kind of canning and selling like fish and herring. Like, oh, yeah. let's talk about that. Let's get you some right on. You some yeah. Business. yeah. Me and Josh were talking a little bit. We, we just had uh so yeah, I'm a I'm a commercial fisherman uh in the summertime. So we have a family business where we we run a boat and then we put up a lot of our own fish too. Uh, I uh 
yeah, I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody, but every once in a while I'll do some mystery boxes and uh, give some gifts of uh, some of our harvest. So yeah, we we put up smoked salmon, smoked sockeye. Um, We do, uh, we just caught some albacore tuna way offshore. So we put up some tuna and uh, yeah, we do, we do smoked herring. Um, Yeah, just, just ended deer season. So got a couple of sick of blacktail deer we were putting up. So uh, yeah, so definitely when you live a pl- place like this where bread costs 10 bucks a loaf, you know, you definitely have to put up your own food and uh, just kind of a fun way to, you know, add something different into people's people's discs, help help some boxes sell and uh, share in some of the, you know, some of the wealth we have from living in this weird remote place of, you know, we don't we don't have a uh, fast food and we don't have a lot of other stuff. But yeah, we got to. We got uh, some pretty delicious, you know, things that come from the land. So always fun to share that with our disc golf friends. And um, yeah, part of the part of the life here. So it's it's what you got to love, the views and the getting outside. I mean, it's all kind of connected when you look at the sport of, you know, being outdoors and just enjoying enjoying the time with with your friends and yeah, eating good food. It's always fun. Yeah, well, I think it's a good trade-off, though. Like, I mean, I'd yeah. give up fast food to be able to eat more deer, eat more fish. I'd give that up in an instant. And I, haven't, I even have my hunting and, treat, like hunting and fishing rights down here, and I still don't necessarily use them <laughs> as much because it's like, i got to drive four hours in order to go hunting. And it's like, well, I can do that monthly, but it gets exhausting. So I like that. I know my sister's up in Alaska right now. Don't okay. ask me where because I don't know where. Um, but... Like she came down and visited, and we had your, you know, smoked salmon and your herring, all nice. like all canned and whatever. She's like, "Where'd you get this?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it was, it's, it's from Alaska. We got it from this little freaking island. I don't know where." Like, <laughs> I talked, I talked to her about it, but she's all like really jealous because she's like, "Oh, here it's really good." I was like, "Well, you can have it if you want it." Like, nice. I, <laughs> and so yeah, she really, she really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, I grew up in a very small town, uh, very very small. Like it was sub thousand. Um, I wouldn't, I would not give it up for anything. Growing up in a little town like that, as yeah. an adult, I, I don't, I don't know if I can do it anymore. But it was great. Well, I, I hate the city, like because I grew up on like on the res, and so it's like my nearest neighbor was like a mile away. You know, you can still see at night because the stars light up the world, kind of thing. And I got mm-hmm. here and I still like have like a tough time where it's like everything's loud, nothing ever stops, mm-hmm. like lights are always out there. It's just like it drives me crazy being like in the city. Like I just I can't handle it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's it's awesome here too because you know, we got we got three kids. I got uh twin four year olds girls, and then I got an eight year old. So uh just just having this place, you know, getting them out. You know, grandpa's a commercial fisherman, so having my kids, you know, out on the boat and doing those kind of things and, you know, playing disc golf, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome to share that with your kids. And Yeah. I got to ask, though, being on your island, you were saying, like, you find different ways because, like, bread's, like, $10 or whatever. Um, <laughs> but do you not have barbers? Do you cut your own hair? Because it looks like you put, like, a bowl on your head and you're just, like, boom! Like, classic, like, bowl cut. Like... Nice. Uh, <laughs> no, I just I just kind of let it go until it just bugs the hell out of me. And then I... We, we definitely do have barbers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of my one of my former students cuts my hair now. So that's pretty cool. I, I call her up and she gets me, gets me an appointment. So, uh, so yeah, no, uh, the hair, yeah. Uh, time, I didn't give, give you some shit. Yeah, no, my, my page, as I told you, I have I have two twin four year olds, so my my life is kind of a shit show. And uh, I, I have I a three and a half year old. Schedule, you know, priorities. You got to prioritize. You got disc golf on Sunday. You know, you got to build a course. I got all these damn discs to sell. You know, they just keep stacking up somehow. And yeah, so I'm uh haircuts coming. I, I keep thinking about it. <laughs> looking nice high and tight next time i talk to you i promise i know you have the beard you just got to wear the hat so we got to get you a finley hat because oh, that's, yeah. that's our unofficial sponsor I, for this podcast well, well, the is... thing is you guys start at 6 p.m right so it's like 5 p.m here so i'm just getting off work 
and running, grabbing the kids from daycare and all this shit. And then it's like, oh yeah, jammers in the rough. Let's go. You know, so, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't have time to grab my hat, but no. you were well, you were early, early compared to Paige. Well, I was, I was, I was handling business. I was handling business down because... on the pizza, though. You guys missed that part. Is uh, yeah, the the uh, got to watch the sausage being made here as a fan. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Like wheeling and dealing before I came on. Just it was all kinds of good stuff. So. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, half the trades I make nowadays are in this like little before and after. It's like Josh, you have any of this? Let me see it. I'll take it. And Josh says, I mean, he doesn't give very much, but when he does, it goes with it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm known for. It's not giving very much. Not giving very much, and uh, your sick fades. <laughs> Dude, I had, my fades almost gone though. Yeah, I'm a little upset about it. When I look in the mirror, I'm like, "Who is that piece of shit?" <laughs> that's what I get. It's just like, "Oh fuck you, Paige. Got to go fucking shave. <laughs> you wearing a hat because my hair's a mess." Like, nah. <laughs> my wife trimmed my my neck hair over here, so I'm I'm looking pretty faded. Coming together, good. Thankfully, yeah. your camera's a little bit blurry, so yeah, you're good. not all like critical. We're like HD up here, and then down there, it's very Alaska rural. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Josh, uh, we had a hundred mile an hour windstorm. It blew out the pilot light in my my shop heater, so it's like twenty seven degrees in here, and I'm sitting here shivering. <laughs> as my my uh, heat lamp isn't quite doing enough over here, so uh, yeah, <laughs> you can see see my breath. It's it's legit Alaska, man. That's it's wild. Cold as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and we usually don't get this cold. It's crazy. It's just yeah. Fitting the stereotype, you know. It's exactly. cold in Alaska, guys. It's it's true. <laughs> uh... But uh you're mentioning uh I think this is what I, I really wanted to talk to you about too, is just unique ways to stay entertained and in love with the game mm. in such a small community. So you're talking about you dice some discs with your daughter um obviously yeah. building courses or some of that you're obviously very active online and networking with like a lot of people throughout the country um but yeah did you want to talk a little bit about that and maybe have some other ideas of like you know when it's tough like how do you how do you get outside yeah. of your island and connect for sure yeah it's a it's been an interesting journey with disc golf you know when i first started playing it was just you know that's all it was just playing you didn't really care about what disc you had. You hope they went straight as before, you know, I never knew what like overstable and understable was. I just throw and that one went pretty straight. So I'd keep that one around, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's been really fun. Like the last couple years, just uh, finding some of these groups, you know, online and uh, getting into the, the, the collecting and the, finding new discs and really kind of having a deeper understanding of the game. It's been pretty great. Um, but yeah, over a year ago, uh, one of my buddies here locally was just doing like some shaving cream dyes, you know, on his disc. I was like, Oh, that's really cool, man. You gotta, gotta show me, show me what it's about. And he hooked me up with the, you know, the, the dyers page, like the, the disc golf dying page. And, uh, just from there, you know, finding YouTube videos and, talking to people uh got kind of set up and our first you know first dying session was me and my daughter at you know i think she was like yeah six at the time six years old so we we both died a disc together and um it was a blast you know i think everybody should try it it's it's way you know getting started is way easier being good at it it takes a lot of work a lot of practice you know but um yeah we've done some really fun stuff uh you know, getting into doing some stencil stuff. There's a, a cool one she did. Just a little while ago. Let me grab it. Like that was that was done by my eight-year-old, you know, and you can see some of the swirls and the northern light yeah. and it flips yeah. over and you got Sasquatch there. Like, how cool is that? You know, so yeah. I, uh, it, it's a, it's a great way to connect with your kids. Uh, you know, I've never thought of myself as an artist and, uh, you know, but I, I still love and appreciate art. Uh, but it, it's fun, like people seeing my dies and asking, Hey, can you, can you do something like that for me? You know, I have a whole set of, uh, sunrise over sea discs that I did, um, that, uh, people, people have seen like, Hey, can you die? I'm like, yeah, man, just put the die in and put the disc in there, go for it, you know? And, uh, and then people want to pay for it. And it's like, well, that's, that's pretty awesome, man. Um, so yeah, I've, I've definitely, uh, 
you know, it's another avenue. And it was kind of cool. Actually, last year I put on a clinic and a class and I had uh, my entire middle school. Everybody got a diet disc that they got to take with them. And a lot of those were donated from from awesome people in, in the in the communities, you know, uh, stuff I got deals on, but gave out like 25 discs and uh, everybody got to pull theirs out of the glue and check out, you know, the design after they they did it. And it was just awesome to see kids in my school walking around with the disc in their hand, you know, that they've died, they get to take home. And then uh, the next day, everybody got to go out to the course and learn how to play. And it was, it was awesome, man. It was, it was really cool. So, uh, well, that's yeah. one of my favorite things I did over the summer was I did a suicide prevention camp and it was one day and I brought Jory in to teach how to die. And so it was cool. And I know he's like a little bit more like, like artistic where it's just like, he wants to do it the artistic way. Um, so we figured out a way where it was like, oh, it'll take about an hour, hour and a half to die and then go do the rest of our like, let's learn how to throw and then come back and then this will be ready. And then so we taught the kids how to die. And then we by the end of the day, we took them out to play disc golf with their die discs. And I think that's such a cooler like way of doing like an intro to it, because here you are seeing something like, oh, hey, like. Let's, let's let me learn the skill and now i'm going to play with this skill and look how it flies and look how it shows and you can also have conversations because like one of the things i like to talk about disc golf it's like there's a little bit for everybody right like if you're the casual kind of person that just wants to show up crack a six-pack and play around you can do that obviously i'm not saying that at a suicide prevention camp but it's like you know if you want to like just show up and play you can do that if you want to be competitive you can do that if you want to like don't even want to play and want to make money. Then it's just like, I showed him like this die. And I was like, Oh, well this die, like Jory's selling for like 60 to $80. And that's all he's doing. So you're learning a, you know, basic skill to start to like, you know, hustle. If you don't, well, there's people that just, you know, they don't play disc golf and they're just flipping and selling discs. Like that yeah. is something that you can do or a little bit of mix of everything. So it's like, it's one of those things that are really so for sure. It's like combining passions, you know, you can, <laughs> you can take your artistic, you know, self and, you know, it, it's awesome to look in my bag and seeing all these, you know, the dyes and the the different plastic that I love and just having, you know, your personality within your own bag. It's really cool to put that all in there. And um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty awesome. This next year, a lot of the kids that died discs, they're asking like, hey, are we going to do that again? You know, we're going to we're going to get those discs out and put them in, put them in die. And yeah, so they were they were excited. And all the it was glue cool. eaters and glue smellers, huh? Yeah, like, you right. get that big jug of glue again. <laughs> <laughs> gonna play with a torch and pop bubbles. I mean, yeah, no, but they were they were so into it, and uh, yeah, and it was cool. Like at the the last day of school, we had options of like, here's here's your choices. Here's what you can go do, you know, and kids go play softball and do these things. Like, I, I had the disc golf group, and they're like, yeah, I want to be there. I want to go. I want to go throw. I want to go play. I'm bringing my disc, you know, and it was it was pretty cool seeing them, you know, take ownership and. You know, I think when you die a disc too, you have you have pride in that, and you know it's yours, it's your disc. So yeah, I I I definitely recommend you know anybody that hasn't gotten into it, like get the stuff, do it. It's fun if you're already playing disc golf, like get one of your white discs and throw some dye on it. Man, it's it's not harder than you think. It's it's a lot of science, you know. It's a lot of chemistry kind of stuff, and uh, you know I I teach science too, so that was really cool. It's just you know, the different variables and the things you can, you can manipulate and change and um, what plastic works, which doesn't and why. And, you know, it's a, uh, it's a cool thing to, to challenge yourself in a, in a new way. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I encourage anybody that hasn't tried to die this, like get the stuff, do it. Yeah. And there's a, like a, so many different ways to do it too, to where it's just like, you know, do a little bit of research too and be like, this looks like fun. This looks like simple. Like if you don't want to go like buy a Chris cut machine, print out vinyl and pick a bunch of things apart. There's glue pan bins. There's, you know, shaving cream and lotion. There's so many different ways to do it and have fun with it. Like it called a Chris cut machine. Yeah. Isn't that what it is? The cricket? Cricket. Oh, great. Cricket. Cricket. You go, you go Chris cut. <laughs> yeah. Chris cut fry? Uh -huh. like the Chris cut fry. <laughs> That's exactly what I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the little cricket machines. <laughs> See, I know what you're talking about. I know what it's called. Yeah, it's, it's how my brain works. Okay, that's why I say Manny's name wrong all the freaking time. Is because my 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 brain 
associates things differently. <laughs> yeah, I still want to see those pictures from that uh, event you put on for dying. I know. I, I need to get you those. Like I said, like I'm kind of waiting for my sponsor, Terminal Velocity. So Zach, if you're listening, because I feel like when he's done with like that logo we designed, and we're gonna go kind of live with some of the the selling, I wanted to do the like, oh, 100% of these proceeds is gonna go back to allowing me to do a suicide prevention camp, and you know, kind of building that. So I wanted to talk more once we get kind of closer there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. Well, Corby. We're kind of bringing it up. I had one last question for you. As probably wow. our longest fan that's tuned into the most episodes, we're looking at this new year. What is something you want to see, like the direction of Jammers in the Rough going? I'm just curious. Direction for Jammers in the Rough. Um, that's a great question, Paige. Uh, <laughs> I got to give you a hard one. More. More Cody content, I think. I think yeah, we need a lot Cody. more. He's the, like, he's not even here, and he's getting a shout-out. <laughs> fuck you, Cody. You're the worst. Don't you come back. Like, <laughs> God damn it, Corby. Uh, All right, guys, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. No, I'm kidding. Had, Go ahead. You know, just like nerdy teacher dads that uh, play disc golf semi-casually and throw trilogy plastics. So, yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy Cody. Uh, no, I think you guys are doing a hell of a job. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fun – it's a fun hang, you know, getting to know these guys, um, you know, through the, through the interwebs all the way from Alaska. And, you know, I, I like to see people more, more people throwing stuff out in the chat, more people being interactive, you know, would be really cool. Um, I'd like to see, you know, some more opinions from, from all of you guys about, you know, brands and players and let's see some top five lists of like your favorite molds or your favorite, uh, you know, up and coming, smaller brands, things like that would be really cool. But uh, no, I think you guys are doing a great job of just the variety and bringing on different kinds of guests. And um, I love it. I love I love all this. So I'd, I'd love to come back for sure. Oh, yeah. definitely love to have you back. And I think you're right. I think we want to do more lists. And so maybe this off season, we can go like hindsight 2022. What mm-hmm. worked? What didn't work? Uh, what is like your disc that you really enjoyed? Which one you didn't like? Because for me, I was actually having that conversation with a buddy where I think my favorite disc of 2022 that came out was the Mindbender. I think that's hands down my disc of the year. I don't know not everybody's in agreement with that, but for me... That'd be a fun really one, fun. yeah. 20, 2022 releases, like your favorite top five favorite discs. That'd be a really yeah, cool one. Yeah, really like good. recent things that came out, you know? And, well, what's and your number one? one? That's always a tough one, too, is like... You know the the uh, the balance and the dilemma of like mixing up your bag versus like keeping the stuff that you're you're comfortable with. Um, it's a it's such a hard you know hard thing to do, and it's nice when you can just settle in and like sit, lock stuff up, and you're like, this is what I like, and this is what I'm throwing, and I'm committed to it. But then also, it's just so fun to just throw all that shit out and try all the new stuff, man. There's just so many things coming out. There's so much good plastic. There's so many molds that do similar things and awesome artists that are creating such rad stamps. You know, you just, you got to give it a go, but also like consistency is nice. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very yeah. true. With that though, like what is your number one? What's your number one, Corby, of 2022 release? Ooh. We won't do a top five. We'll just do a number one. Mine was oh. Mindbender. Let me, I bet, I bet. Let me think here. Um, 2022. New stuff I added. I got to <laughs> What do I even got in the bag right now? Let's see. Um, I would say 2022. Oh, I think my favorite would probably be this disc right here. So this was the this is a thought space uh, TSA disc that took my my old like standby Zeus out of my bag. This is the Matt Bell um, synapse, synapse from from Thought Space, and I just love it because I I know we have tons of discs on the market right now that are basically this right. It's a it's a destroyer mold, you know, a destroyer clone. But but the great thing is just the feel. It comes in a little flippy, like a beat-in destroyer, and it just it it's it's got that stability. Um, it's beautiful. 
these swirly plastics are awesome. And uh, yeah, it's just been a real workhorse in my bag. And I think it's an under, you know, underused disc, uh, one that's kind of going under the radar. So I've been really digging, you know, a lot of the thought space stuff. But uh, yeah, this one particularly, I think would be one of my one of my go tos. No, I think that's uh, a great point because I feel like TSA gets a lot of hype, and then if the disc isn't a mainstay, it fades away into almost irrelevancy for a little while. Because I think right now, like the mana, for example, everyone's hyping the mana, the mana, the mana, but it's going to come out and it's going to be, you know, another origin, another paradox. And I feel like it's going to fade. Like it's not, an, it's not an origin. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's cool. not an origin. Well, no, it's, it's, a, it's a mana. It's a mana. <laughs> oh, and it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not a destroyer clone. It's a synapse. <laughs> and it's hard because it's like a lot of it, I think, is, is just feel and what's, what's right for you. You know, it's like, I really like the yarn too. Is another one that came out from Castaplast, and I got that mm -hmm. in the glow. And I just really dig, you know, the stability and the <laughs> the flight of that. But I mean, it's if you got a zone, you got a zone. You know, you got a yarn, you got a yarn. I replaced it's my a, zone with uh with the Razor Claw three, my four X mm -hmm. zone. I was rocking, and that Razor Claw three was nice. I tried the, the yarn. Yeah, three is really good. Yeah, there's a there's there's just so much out there. You know, I don't. I don't know if I found anything this year that really like, you wow, know, Jill. took something out, you know, that, wow, this is, this is, this is all new and this is incredible. The, uh, the glitch from MVP is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. uh, just how lightweight it is, how glidey it is. I just got, yeah, some of those in. And uh, that, that has been an interesting kind of different sort of disc, you know, with the feel but it's, I mean, it's a, it's a Polecat, Halo Polecat, Sonic kind of spot. Um, but just the, uh, it just all come, kind of comes down to your preference and feel, I think. And there's just so much stuff out there, you know, yeah. if, uh, if you want to find, find something that fits you. And that's why I love having a mixed bag. It's just trying all this new stuff out and swapping and really going for that. I think you right. like with like you only playing like one and a modified like one point modified course uh, mm. i get curious about like some of your shot selection maybe like uh shot neglection because i realized mm. like to me like when i travel for example like i went to vegas this year and i was like i don't have this shot i need this shot so i came back and all of my courses i never really needed to do that shot and so i came back and i learned you know and so far i'm talking about like a power shot for example mm. i can get by not doing throwing power shots in oregon but I went to Vegas and I needed power shots. Like, have you noticed being in Alaska that there's some neglection and being like, oh, I don't have to go roller, so I've never thrown a roller. I've never For thrown sure. a scramble flick roller. I've never, you know, and maybe parts of your game that maybe you don't necessarily know, like, how's that been? Because I feel like that's kind of also how my bag is, how I create my bag is like, any course at any given time, my bag is functional. I don't need to adjust it. And that's how I approach my bag. Um but with you, it's just like, oh, yeah, one one point modified course is very limited on maybe some so shot selections. Like, when's the last time you thrown, like, a 420 left to right slow panning or hard panning that's not a forehand? Like, just some of those shots, I guess. Have you noticed that? Or am I just blowing your mind with different shot shapes? No, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no. Like, and, and getting down south, too, I mean, it was awesome because – you know, we, we had the summer and we, we just got to play all these different courses. I'm like, holy shit, you know, there's just so much, so much variety and like getting in the woods and really got, you know, really having to work, you know, those, those uh, flippy mids and, and putters in different ways. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge, but you know, that's a cool thing with portable baskets. Like I've, I've got three, my buddy's got three. My other buddy's got three, you know, we can do pop-up courses and change out our whole layout. And it brings up so many different uh, varieties, you know, getting out in the woods last weekend and just like really working my, you know, just, just like how enjoyable it is to like have some really wooded course action and like getting those rivers out and, you know, the Svea, the flippy mids. And it's a, uh, it's, it's so much fun to just, yeah. Having, having some variety when you're kind of stuck in a, the same layout every weekend uh yeah. but but yeah no i totally know what you mean um yeah, it's yeah just I did, my, did my first tournament kind of you know i did a it was a trilogy challenge so 
uh, it wasn't a you know a, a true tournament but going out and playing with with just three discs and um it was it was really eye-opening just uh you know how how good so many players are across the country too and uh you know just yeah just all the different courses and all the different shots that you need but uh, you, you got to get creative you know yeah no definitely well with that, I just wanted to kind of have that fleeting thought so we can transition over towards some of our closing thoughts. I know we're going a little bit over, but that's just because, you know, Alaska golf is such a vast and diverse style of golf that we really wanted to give you that extra time. To yeah, and I'm a it. talker, you know, so I, I, try to, <laughs> I try to take up as much time as Paige does. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Josh, what are your closing thoughts? You know, I'm going to piggyback off of Corby's comment earlier because I researched it up. Uh, it does not cost more to ship to Hawaii or Alaska. And so 50 you, states, baby. Let's go. 50 states. Let's bring we're those all, two to the family. So to echo Corby, quit saying I'm only going to ship to 48 states because those other two don't cost any extra. So ship to all 50. America. All right. <laughs> Corby, I like I like what are your closing thoughts? Oh man, um, I guess I guess <clears throat> um, yeah, it's coming. It's it's going to be great. It's a prepared speech now. Um, I I guess my closing thought is just uh, engage in disc golf in different ways, guys. I mean, there's there's so many different ways to enjoy this sport. If it's you know watching live coverage. If it's a uh, dying discs, if it's getting together with your buddies each weekend and, you know, actually throwing, which is probably the most enjoyable part of it, right, is is actually getting out there and, and doing the thing we love. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, just uh, be open to uh, to enjoy the sport in many different ways. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a great time. You know, I hope I hope anybody that's kind of getting burnt out finds uh find some new opportunities and different things you can do um but it's all about all about the community you know all about enjoying the people that you go out there with and um yeah don't be don't be discouraged you know based on your setting or what you have there's ways to still make it work ways to make it happen buy a portable basket and build your own damn course you know and uh do your thing, guys. So, yeah, it's uh, those are my closing thoughts. Well, I appreciate that, Corby. I can uh, transition to my thoughts real quick, too. I think one of the things that Corby really talked about that I've thought a little bit of, but not really ever explored was the idea of portables. I think I've wanted to do, and I've wanted to do this for a while, where I go and find 18 unique locations, film it where we're playing, you know, safari golf, but it's not on a golf course. It's like, how many times have you driving down the freeway? Maybe not freeway for you, Corby. We'll say like, I don't know, mountain trail or something. And you look over and you're like, hey, that would be like a perfect par three. Like, I want to like go and like, let's play that par three. Like, in a hurry because clearly we're not supposed to be here. But <laughs> like for me, that idea of portable baskets, creating your shots, creating your own makeshift 18 and having some fun with it, I think is something that I encourage people to try. Because if you're trying to work on a shot, go to the field, recreate it with cones, with the basket, with whatever, and start to explore what those shot shapes really look like. Because, you know, if like example where I used Vegas earlier, well, I don't have that hole here in Oregon. So let me go and recreate it using the field and my own imagination <laughs> and being good with that. So, Corby, you're definitely a wealth of information, and I really appreciated having you here. We definitely got to yeah, have you back. Definitely. But with that, let's transition to our sponsorship page. So, Josh is looking like he doesn't have it ready. Come on, Josh. Do you, oh, you guys need oh, me to read an ad? I'll, I'll totally read an ad. Don't come at me like this. Not on my birthday. You're supposed to have it ready. Not on my <laughs> birthday. Not on my birthday. Like is it your birthday? No. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's my birthday or not. Just don't do it on my birthday. You know, we're supposed to be thanking our sponsors because they're sponsoring Shout the out. podcast. And I thought you uh, you had the title sheet, Josh. Thankfully, our sponsors are flexible and understand where we're coming from. So with that, <laughs> if you sponsor this show, Rare Air Discs, uh, Black Vinyl Discs, 
We got you can have it. Dark Age. Okay. You popping you it up now? Yeah, you can have it. These guys are professional. There we go. And it's a Stokely one. Come on, Josh. (laughs) You get the Stokely one. (laughs) So Josh hasn't even touched this since Scott Stokely. This is the the amazing information that you tuned in to Gemmers in the Rough for is this unpreparedness. So with that, Dark Ace Disc, Rare Air Disc, Black Vinyl Disc, Terminal Velocity, and CH Sports. You guys are always appreciated. And with that... You got to... You got to work keep, on those ad reads, man. You keep jamming it in the rough, guys. Gosh, Josh dude. killed it. Josh killed it. <laughs>